Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The Hot Talk Podcast is brought to you by Heinemann Services. Heinemann Services is a family-owned and operated business whose work ethic and customer service will restore your confidence in handymen. They offer interior and exterior projects for your home or business, including repairs, installations, small remodels, landscaping, decks, fencing, and much more. Call Corey and his crew today at 479-347-9336. That's 479-347-9336. Since 1984, Max's Garage, located at 1010 South Rock Street in Sheridan, Arkansas, has been your one-stop shop for all of your auto repair needs, including tune-ups, oil changes, transmission repairs, and even body work. Stop by or give them a call today at 870-942-4612. Again, that's 870-942-4612. You're listening to the Hog Talk Podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. With us on the line is the voice of the Arkansas Razorback, Chuck Barrett. A former guest of the show, Coach Mike Neighbors from the Arkansas women's basketball team. We have from ESPN's Around the Horn, Highly Questionable. Also a two-time Dan Levitard Show Suey winner and a former <laughs> heptathlete at Cornell, Sarah Spain. And we are happy to be joined by Martrell Spate. One, yo, what is going on, Arkansas Razorback fans, SEC fans everywhere? Welcome to the one and only Hawk Talk podcast, episode number 116. We hope you guys, well, we we hope you've had a wonderful week so far. We're getting closer and closer to some actual college football happening relatively soon. I know we're all stoked about that. Fall camp is underway for, uh, for, for the SEC, for Arkansas. We uh, we've got you know we're we're gonna touch on a few things here and there. We've got some Discord questions, and that's where we'll start. But before we do, before we get into those Discord questions, first Kyle has a little something for you from BetOnline.ag. Yeah, Ty, the M- NBA, MLB, and NHL—they're all in full swing right now, and our partners at BetOnline have you covered. So take full advantage of sports being back and get in on the action with hundreds of odds features and props for you to bet on and there is also an online casino as well where it never closes so head on to bet online head over to betonline.ag today and sign up to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit again that's betonline.ag and sign up today bet online your online sportsbook experts there you go kyle how you doing man how's how's this week been for you i know you've been you're in the middle of a big move and everything how's life yeah, I'm always excited. This is uh, the time of my – really the the two times of my week that I really look forward to outside of hanging out with my girlfriend, of course. 
uh, that I get to uh, come hang out and we get to put out some content. And right now I'm actually even more excited because I get a break in the said moving that you mentioned. And we always talk about the weather. And right now I don't <laughs> think it's more of an appropriate time to discuss the weather with uh, the hurricane or tropical storm coming through. It's, it's funny. I thought me getting away from South Texas, I would not hear the word tropical storm ever again, being back in Arkansas, but here we are. 20. What more could you ask for? Yeah, you brought it with you too, didn't you? That's what this is. You brought it Good. with you. Good, man. No, it's uh, – yeah, hope everyone down there stays safe. Well, anyone affected by, by this uh, tropical storm, if you're listening to us, if you live in that part of the world or that part of the country, our uh, thoughts and prayers are with you. Um, stay safe and, uh, you know, get to the get to the high ground or, or you know, get get somewhere where you're safe and sound and – uh, but yeah, thoughts and prayers with everybody that's that's uh, going to be affected by this. Of course, by the time this goes live, we're going to have a lot more feedback on what exactly happened down there. But uh, scary stuff for sure. And I never thought I would, like you said, never thought I would hear something like that affecting Arkansas and down south, down in southern parts of Arkansas, and right around where you guys are at. As a matter of fact, I say you guys, you and and a couple of the other members of the Hog Talk podcast are located down there in that part of the state so all you guys be safe um so yeah discord questions you know we've had some really good questions on discord and we really do appreciate everyone even if i call you a bunch of sloppy drunks you know even if i call you a bunch of day drinkers no i'm kidding i'm kidding they know i love them even if we call them day drinkers and we're the ones that didn't know a certain word in the english dictionary that's last very week, true so <laughs> i forgot all about that what was the word modicum? What did, uh, I swear, modicum, dude, yeah. I did not know that. I'll be honest, man. We talked about it. I don't. I don't know if we touched with touched base about it on Twitter or not. But man, I, I, neither one of us. We both were stumped. We were, and I uh, did not know that modicum was a real word. Yeah, I did not know. We uh, it's that that Arkansas education, I guess. Just uh, for me, anyways. And, and and well, you were here too throughout throughout high school and college down at UCA for a little while. It's that that education paying off for us, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, and then we call them the day drinkers when, in fact, it's usually you and I that are probably cracking open a beer while we're doing this, um, <laughs> <laughs> while we're recording. So you know, maybe we should look into a mirror every once in a while. So we'll start off with the first question, which is uh, from. From Kelly Marie, she says, I know I'm anti-A-State, but how about that Memphis game? Who you got? Curious whether Memphis can maintain their reign without Norvell and his staff. And the UCA game, can they win? Yeah, I think Memphis will probably keep doing what they're I'm not sure that they'll continuously win division championships and go play for the conference title every single year like they did under Norvell. But, of course, you know, it was Justin Fuente, who's now at Virginia Tech, that really got things rolling. When he took over Memphis, I believe that's when Barry Odom became his defensive coordinator, right when he took over around 2011, 2012. And um, maybe that was – but maybe Barry Odom might have been before that. But either way, I know that he was there around that time. But Justin Fuente took him from down in the dumps to what they are now, that Mike Norvell continued. I'm not really sure. I don't know a lot about Memphis. I'm not sure how many re- returning starters that they have, but they did. I believe they won their New Year's Day Bowl last year. At least they went to one. So been playing at a high level for a while now. But A State, they've they're always pretty consistent in the Sun Belt. Got a interesting quarterback battle going on between Lane Hatcher and Logan Bonner, two guys that did really well as starters for them last year. So 
who knows what they carry over into this year, but the, the UCA Austin P game, man, I'm really stoked for that one. That one's going to be in Montgomery, Alabama, the Crampton Bowl. That's where the Crampton Bowl is where they the FCS kicks off all of their first year first uh, game of the season. They've been doing that since 2017, and after the Southland announced Southland Conference announced that they were not going to be playing. Uh, Brad Teague, the athletic director at UCA, just got, pulled a genius move, and I guess you got to give credit to Austin P's athletic director too. But pulled a really great move, being able to get not just the first game of the season, but the first game that a I've said this on my Facebook page that a football-starved nation has never been hungrier for for a live game before, and they get that this weekend on ESPN, and UCA is at the center of it. The whole nation is talking about. The University of Central Arkansas right now, 18 returning starters coming back. Austin P has 14, so they're pretty good as well. I know that these two teams played last year. I believe it was in week two, and UCA won 24 to 16. They were down that entire game and then scored 14 points at the end uh, to achieve. And that was right after they had gone to Western Kentucky and beaten Ty Story. Actually, Ty Story, I think, came in as he wasn't the starter, but the guy got hurt, and that's about when Ty took over. And, uh, UCA beat them, and when Arkansas could not, so I'm I'm surprised that that's not being talked about more. But I guess I just brought up and opened a can of worms. <laughs> yeah, they uh, UCA's been in the, you know, been at the front of our minds a couple of times this year. You have you have this, uh, like you said, a lot of people just excited to have some kind of sports back, and then Scottie Pippen in the the Michael Jordan documentary from ESPN. So UCA's kind of been on the uh, 2020. As bad of a year as it's been for everyone, including those affiliated with UCA, and you know, with the virus, and now you got this this uh, tropical weather system and all this stuff kind of coming in. But hey, they're getting some some really good. Um, they're getting some some coverage. They're getting mentioned, probably more so than maybe possibly ever. At least in the social media era, you know, because everything is intensified now and, and with social media, so they're going to benefit. Uh, from having that kind of coverage um, so so soon before uh, before the rest of college football kicks off. When I say the rest of college football. You've got just the SEC, the Big 12, and the uh, ACC currently. Of course, the other two cowards, I'm sorry, conferences, uh, have opted out already weeks ago. And uh, now they look like jackasses because everyone else is like full steam ahead. And I hope it. I hope that uh, nothing – of course, I probably just jinxed them right there, Kyle. I just jinxed the whole damn thing. So, if it doesn't happen, I guess I'm going to get some shade thrown at me in Discord. or Maybe even – Well, I think that more people emails. than not, there's a lot of lot more positivity as we get closer, knowing that at least we're going to see some football, some live football this coming – I mean, well, I guess by the time that this drops, we're one day away from it. But – it's pretty cool that out of 127 FCS teams, there's 15 teams out of that, uh, I guess, division that are playing this this fall, and UCA is one of those. Yeah. Out of you know, 15 teams out of 127, and and you mentioned them getting a, a lot of attention. Man, they've they've really done a lot of stuff that has gone unnoticed. I mean, even dating dating back to the days that I was there in the mid to late 2000s, and before that, back in the 80s and 90s, I know they won a couple of national champions. I think between 85 and 91 or 92, they actually won two or three national championships. They've always been a pretty decent team, but then made that move from D2 to D1, 
and 2008. And that 2008 team, that was when current head coach Nathan Brown was actually the quarterback, and they had a really solid defense, were a really good team. But what really sucked was they were on that probation moving from D2 to D1. So they technically, by the numbers, won their conference, but they were not recognized. And so wow. they, they've, they've even been on the rise. No, I guess not even really on the rise. They've stayed consistent. Since even dating back before then, when they were still in D two, that's the reason why they got up to D one. And and Brad Teague has done an incredible job after Clint. Co- so Brad Teague again, the athletic director. Uh, be- I believe that Clint Conk or Steve Campbell was his first hire because Clint Conk was there for years and years. But um, Steve Campbell took over for what Clint Conk had built, and now Nathan Brown is doing the exact same thing. And so UCA definitely is has done a really solid job for a long time now, and they don't get near the recognition they deserve. Yeah. Well, again, it's good that they're it's good they're getting some recognition, you know. So yeah. this this weekend's yeah. gonna be gonna be awesome. Yeah, this will be probably like they've never seen. And even though they did win again national championships 30, 35 years ago, as you said, they didn't there was no social media then. Mm-hmm. ESPN was was a thing, but it wasn't what it is now. Now you are the game. You're not just like the best game. You are the game yeah. of the weekend. And after no, again, nobody has seen live football for an entire season, but after what we've been through the last five months, it's just, uh, I don't think you could ask for a better situation. Absolutely. Good for them. Good for the program. Um, next question. And really it's our kind of our last question, uh, but it's a good one. Once again, it's trip. He says, here's the big question for this week. Last week, you guys said that War Memorial Stadium needed renovations. My question is, what renovations? Specifically, what renovations would you say are needed for that stadium? I'm going to let you go first on this one. So I've actually been now, my opinion might not be as relevant because it has been so long since I've stepped foot on that field. But between practicing there in high school and some of the games we played in, I have been on that field upwards of probably 12 to 15 times. I never really thought that it was all that bad. Now, it is old. You look at it, and it's like, wow. Like, that's not in Mm -hmm. the condition that people talk about it, like in terms of just, like, screws coming loose under the bleachers and stuff like that but and and there are i have i've never seen a rat in the locker room but i have seen uh some little chewings here and there on some on the corners of lockers and all that so there could definitely be some renovations to the lockers the locker rooms overall now that could have happened again the last time that i was behind the scenes was 2007 so that's been 13 years ago at this point so um but i the biggest complaint that we hear from players is the turf it needs to be replaced I don't. I really can't confirm about that. Um, I've talked to some high school coaches that really say they don't see many problems. I think it's mainly just a matter of opinion. But when I can understand how at University of Arkansas, and then I know Georgia came and played in 2014. When you are used to the facilities that those SEC schools are used to, or, or another one that was consistent, LSU and Arkansas every other year. When you come from the facilities of LSU and you come from the facilities of Arkansas, I can understand why it's not up to par with yes. what you're looking for at yes. War Memorial. That's that's my point. It, and I have trashed the stadium before. I've been there, been there I don't know how many times. The stadium that you play in, in your backyard, in your state, not really your backyard because Fayetteville's, you know, obviously the, the where the university is, but you get what I'm saying, in Little Rock, where you've played there for years, the stadium you play in should be reflective of the program in terms of just – where you are right there are power five sec program 
and that stadium, you walk in there, dude, it, it looks like a Texas high school stadium that's been run down. You know, I mean, it's, it's, and obviously that's, that's over, that's being way negative. I'm, and obviously there's no, I don't think there's any, any, uh, well, they've got some big stadiums in, in Texas. I think they, you know, sit 20, 25,000 people in some of those big, more popular, uh, high schools down there. But, uh, it just looks like something that those schools would probably even pass up playing in the, 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 the field. I have heard players complain about the field, the locker rooms, dude, I've seen pictures, uh, locker rooms are horrible. They're awful. It's, it's horrible. That's 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 the reflection of the University of Arkansas. That's what you want. Like, and I've seen pictures. I've seen pictures. I know people that have walked through those locker rooms and like, dude, Fayetteville High before the renovations to the uh, to the to the uh, to their weight room and to the to the locker rooms. And of course, by the time I got into Fayetteville, that's when we got all those upgrades at Fayetteville. And he said before those. It, that's what it was reflective of, of what Fayetteville had to deal with. You know, this big high school in the state of Arkansas had these rundown facilities. That's what the locker rooms look like down in, in Little Rock at War Memorial. It's it's just so out of date. It's decades behind, you know, any Power 5 stadium from what I've, I've heard people say on the radio and people who used to call into Bo Mattingly's show and people who've called in and talked about it on Bernaccini and, and uh, Morning Rush and – these are like former either players or coaches or people who are around it, media. Who it's just it's a joke, and and I get that uh, you only play there now very rarely. I really do feel like they need to get out of Little Rock. They need to stop playing there unless that stadium has. And when you ask about specific renovations, well, just everything we just mentioned there, uh, modernize the stadium to some degree. You know, and unfortunately, you're going to have to use taxpayer money to do this unless some private, you know, someone comes up, you know, a private organization or an individual comes up and says, here's here's $20 million, do whatever you want with it to the stadium as long as it goes to the stadium. Other than that, it's going to be taxpayer money. Um, but it, it needs some hardcore renovations just to be modernized, just to look somewhat decent. When they pan out, when, when games are played down there and, and the TV – you know, when they pan out and they look at the whole stadium, it's just embarrassing. And that shouldn't be reflective of Little Rock either. Like, you got to have some pride, man. And, and uh, I get it. Again, you, you don't play a lot there. You've only got the high school championship games there. Like, it's not, you know, there's not, you don't play as often down there. And you don't have the kind of media attraction as you do in Fayetteville, obviously, when you're playing, you know, on, on campus in Fayetteville. But I don't know. I just think it should be reflective you should have some pride in where you play, and I just think it, it looks like a dumpster fire. I'm, I'm just going to say it. I'm not going to hold back. I think it is an absolute dumpster fire. It's embarrassing that we even play in that stadium. And this isn't some sort of pompous Northwest Arkansas attitude. This is from someone who who has a lot of fond memories in that stadium. I say a lot. You know, we've been, there, been down there a lot. Uh, sadly, I was not there for the miracle on Markham, but either one of them, as a matter of fact. Uh, but – was there for some wonderful games, had some, you know, tailgating experiences that were awesome, you know, going down there and visiting with family. Like it's always, it's fun for me to go down there. And, and, but I do think even if they renovate the stadium, I still think they probably should play all the games in Fayetteville anyways. But um, I know that's not a popular opinion. We have listeners in South Arkansas and, and uh, 
I promise you this isn't not everyone up here feels that way. My you know, I've got family members who are born and raised up here. They're like, No, 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 you know, it's tradition, it's history. We gotta we gotta play that game down there. But um I think it's time to get out of there. But those the, the renovations would go a long ways with keeping games down there. Some form of Well, and I know I think you made a really good point right there because you you're not you're not trashing necessarily the game being there you're talking about the facilities which i don't really think that a lot of people have would argue about the facilities right. it's mainly about the tradition you don't you don't hear people say oh man i can't wait for my butt to hurt for four hours while i'm sitting on those hard metal seats they talk about i can't wait to tailgate on the golf course i can't wait right. to go to all the little activities that they have going on, on the golf course and just again the atmosphere the tradition so yeah, I mean, I don't think it's bad at all to to trash War Memorial because it's it's a fact that again. And when I said at the very beginning, I didn't think that it was that bad from a standpoint of I I played in some high school stadiums that were literally falling apart. That yeah. you'll get bleacher if you sit on the wood bleachers, you'll get splinters in your butt, all this stuff. And so, like I, I see where you're coming from, and and you're talking about like how it should be much. It it, it just might be a bad look to another team. It's like oh wow, they play here now. Obviously. Like like you said again, not their home stadium, but uh, from an appearance standpoint, I, I think that it was well put together. But just the look of it, and then again, the rat holes or the holes in general in the locker rooms, yeah, just doesn't look good for a visiting team, especially when you're a team that hasn't gained much attention or respect like Arkansas hasn't in the past few years. Yeah, and and it's it's another reason why they're playing well we know financially the reason why they're they're playing the big games in Fayetteville but it I think it is another reason why Hunter Juracek or you know anyone from here on out wants to keep games and and whoever the next AD is you've heard people say that well if Sam Pittman falls on his face Hunter Juracek's out I don't believe that but the next guy up imagine imagine hiring another AD who's not super familiar with with Little Rock and showing them that stadium, are they going to want to keep games? Like they're going to walk through there and go, "Wait, we play here." Um, I, I, most people that I've ever talked to that have had the opportunity to walk around, like you mentioned, the locker rooms, who've been on the field, they complain about the field, they complain about just the look. When you walk in, you like it's the first thing that comes to mind. Like, golly, we play here. Like, you know, it just it looks like I, I don't know. Just it doesn't look like we're an SEC team should be playing football anymore. Maybe twenty years ago, sure, you know, as an alternate site, uh, and maybe I'm being harsh uh, on Little Rock. And I'm not trying to be. I'm not or, or on the stadium, but I do think too symbolically they should be playing the games of Fayetteville anyways because. Uh, that's where the, that's where the school is. That's that's where you're at. That's where you're located. And uh, again, I know that's we've got fans all around the state that probably disagree with me on that, and that's fine. But that's just where I'm at with it. I think it's time to get those games to Fayetteville. But again, if you really want to keep those games, if you want to keep them down in Little Rock, then modernize the stadium, fix the locker rooms. I don't know what the deal is with the turf. I cannot imagine that still being a problem, especially in this day and age. Uh, maybe upgrade the seating, you know, do something. Uh, I don't know, but, uh, that's a good question trip as always, man. You ask, uh, you ask really good, sometimes difficult questions and that's, you know what, that's what we're all about here at the HTP answering difficult questions as, uh, as best we can. <laughs> uh, also we're not drinking this time. So maybe, maybe that probably helps. Sure. 
Well, I'm not drinking. Are you drinking? I'm not drinking. I'm not. No, I've got I've got a little too much going on to be drinking on a Thursday afternoon as we're recording. Me and you both. Maybe over the summer. I think there were a few episodes where I was I was pushing them back, but uh, yeah, no. not now. Especially not now. All right. Uh, again, thanks Discord for all your questions. You guys, you guys really are the rock stars. Sam Pittman is not publicly naming a starting quarterback. This is what he said. This is what he told the media. We might name a starter. We may already have, but just haven't told haven't told anybody. I don't know what he means by that. We are we are we may already have we we may already have, but just haven't told anybody. Like, wouldn't you know that? Come on, Sammy Pitt. You know. Did you tell the media or not? Uh, who are you talking to? He says, we've got certain people playing with the ones and certain people playing with the twos. To be honest with you, we haven't switched uh, We haven't switched that. I don't know if I'm going to make a public announcement of who's going to be our quarterback. I might, I might, but our team knows. That's, that's all I'm really concerned about. Which, I mean, okay, that's a good point. Like, you don't need the media and fans to know necessarily. I'm okay with him being like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, we're we're gonna probably hold off on announcing. Uh, Kyle, we put a poll up on the Hog Talk. How confident are you that there will be just one starting quarterback for the Razorbacks in 2020, not including injuries? Dude, they are confident. <laughs> they are very confident. Yeah. Felipe Franks, he's at 63 percent. And 50%, or excuse me, 63% of people say they're 100% confident. What do you, yeah, like, uh, wow. I'm, I'm surprised. I, I, I'm not that confident. <laughs> I, uh, I don't think that it's going to be like 68 like we had last year. It's going to be more of like maybe two, three max. Um, I, I st- actually, I think it's really just going to be between two. I'm avoiding or assuming that there's no like, major injuries lord forbid to felipe or kj jefferson i think that it will be well and that's the thing is i think there was a lot of confusion with sam's well not really confusion but they were mentioning about how sam uh didn't say that they were going to announce a starter like the team knows who it is well didn't kendall brow say like a week or two ago that it was felipe's to lose and i think we we know that it's felipe's to lose we knew that with him coming in with the most experience, a lot of SEC experience. So I think, of course, it'll be game one against Georgia, Felipe Franks. And if, if he struggles a little bit, I, I doubt that the leash is going to be that short considering what they've endured during the pandemic and haven't really practiced for that long. So uh, I, I do feel that it's going to be Felipe, at least for the first couple of games. Um, I think that it will be him unless he just – I think it'll be him all the way through unless he just completely bombs it or gets hurt. But the most that I see them having is to just him and KJ mainly. Unless you get to garb what I doubt we're gonna have much garbage time, especially since it's all SEC teams. So probably <laughs> won't have a lot of chance to just do uh give a whole lot of third second and third well not not second stringers, they'll get to play, but I doubt that they're gonna have a lot of opportunities to give some third stringers a chance. It's gonna be yeah, you're not gonna be pulling away from teams. I mean, then again you never know. I've had people in my live chat. We've had some folks that, that in Discord and just people that I've talked with on on, um, on Twitter here and there. They feel they feel pretty confident that Arkansas. Uh, I saw someone. I can't remember if it was our Facebook or Twitter, but someone had said that there were five winnable games on Arkansas' schedule. And I thought, wow, okay, five yeah, winnable I, games. I, that's what you know. 
Well, and I, I, I've talked about it with you, and I've talked about it with the guys. It's that topic, and I'm really careful about how I say it because I know no matter how this comes out, it's going to think that I'm like trying to throw shade at people. I'm not, but I think it's just natural during August for everyone, not everyone, but for a large group of the fan base to see these videos on Twitter of practice and the players pumped up, and you get all this coach speak, and which Sam Pittman, I don't think, really gives a lot of coach speak. I think he tells it like it is. But you saw it with Chad Morris, you saw it with Brett Bielema. You hear they tell you what you want to hear, and you're like, "Oh yeah, man, I you know I know that we don't have a lot of talent, but we're gonna get at least to a bowl game this year." And then this year, you're hearing that, "Yeah, you know, I know it's a conference schedule, but it's gonna be like five, six, anything over, really anything over three wins. Realistically, I think is just a little bit laughable. And again, I'm not I'm not throwing shade, but remember who we are. We've won eight games in the last three years, and so. I think that this is going to be a much and much, much improved season. You're going to get at least one win, maybe two, but I, I don't believe that there's going to be one single game out of these 10 games that they play that we say, okay, this team did not give every single ounce of effort that they had, which by a lot of games last year in the third quarter, we were like, okay, they've let go of the rope, sometimes even before halftime. Well, so I think that, yeah, I, I just can't get on board with the five or six at all. I had someone in my chat my last live stream unfortunately i wasn't able to go live monday so this would have been friday and, I, and i'll say who it is uh, he listens to all my content and he's he watches the live shows youtuber trump um that's his youtube name please don't don't throw 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 uh hateful emails that's his name youtuber trump said in a live chat that this was going to be you know or we had said something negative about not we but like the media at the time before the 1998 season like there was no expectations before the 98 season like he's and and he's not the only one to do this and i i understand if if you're only listening to arkansas media and you're not really opening up the athlon or lindy's magazines and really looking at and kind of thumbing through the talent these other teams have if you're only consuming arkansas content yeah i can understand why somebody would think that way like oh no you know yeah. look what they said back in 97 before we had the the 98 year when when we went on and you know had such a great first year under houston nut that's what this is going to be like no hold on hold the phone hold the phone did they have covid-19 during the off season did they have to completely skip spring camp? Uh, and are, are they waiting to implement and install their actual offense in person, not over a Zoom call, in person during fall camp? No. No. I mean, there's just been too many things. that have, It's just been a wild offseason. There's, there's a perfect storm brewing here that's not good for Arkansas. Um it's 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 well I say not good it's 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 going to limit the opportunities for them to get better that's what happened this off season they didn't get to make up a lot of this time or any of it uh, and so you're trying to implement this offense and defense these new schemes you're trying to get to know one another you know getting to know people in pads now you know like you're you're so far down the line in terms of where you're supposed to be at compared to a normal season you know it's it's on top of the fact that you're probably bottom four in the SEC in total talent, um, if we're being honest, you're probably somewhere in the bottom three, bottom four in talent. You've got the hardest schedule possibly in the history of college football. And you're telling me you think that this team could be something reflective of what happened in 1998? And, and again, he's not the only one. YouTuber Trump, I'm not throwing him under the bus. The guy, honestly, is a, is a smart 
good guy. Like he's never had any uh, issues in my chat, but he's not the only one that said that. I've seen that in our Facebook. I've seen that on Twitter here and there and across social media. I've heard family members tell me this, like, oh, well, you remember Nut's first year. So um, it's going to be tough, guys. It's it's not – we could be completely wrong. Kyle and I could be completely wrong. I think most of us here at the Hog Talk believe Arkansas is somewhere between zero and Three, if you're absolutely freaking lucky and just way further ahead than we thought you were. Four, being your ceiling. That's your. That's really where they're at. Zero to three, possibly, maybe, God willing, four wins. That's that's where I think you're at. And I think, again, a lot of us here at the HTP, I don't want to speak on behalf of anybody, but I think that's where Arkansas is at. So we, we, you need to have grounded expectations going into 2020. You d- don't, don't fall down that. Don't get don't get stuck in the sand pit of of you know overhyping Razorback football. Uh, look, if you get one win, that's one more conference win than you've had the last two years combined. That's improvement. There's no, I mean, yeah, it sucks one and one and nine. Like that sucks, but still, that's that's improvement and it's a step in the right direction. Um, and, and as far as Felipe Franks, where did did you vote? What did you vote? Did you vote? I'm assuming you guys. 25. I, I didn't do the 100%. I did the one right under 100%. I can't remember which one that 50%. was. 50%. Okay. So, it's, yeah, I wasn't sure if it was 75 or – yeah, I did. I guess I did 50. So, But I definitely think it's – assuming that we don't have any major injuries, it's only going to be two quarterbacks that are – and I'm not saying Malik Hornsby won't play or any of the other quarterbacks won't get reps, but I'm saying meaning, meaningful reps where either we're not getting blown out or we're comfortable enough in the lead that they can play just about as many as they want. Then I think it's just going to be two. Yeah, I, I, I think Felipe is going to be a guy that that I don't know um, has some good moments, but you know the question is going to be what is his what's his what's he looking like as far as you know pass percentage? What's his touchdown to interception ratio by game two, game three? How's he looking? You know, play by play. Obviously, when they break down quarterback play, like what what's what's he doing wrong, and is has he made corrections since the beginning of fall camp? You know, why are we not getting numbers? Why is there no? You know, what's what's up with the offense? I could see them going with two with KJ being your backup, and it sounds like KJ, who's put on weight, uh, it sounds like he's done a pretty good job of of at least at least enough to where he's getting mentioned here and there. And, again, you got to be careful with only taking in Arkansas media, but who else do you have to take into about fall camp right now? Um, so I, 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 it sounds like KJ's having a pretty good fall camp. As, as a, a, he's going to make a legitimate I – think he's, I think he's competing for the starting job, but I think it ends up being Felipe. And I think Felipe – I don't know if, if, if he's going to have a shorter long leash or not. I don't know. I don't know – how they're going to address that. But I'm, I'm with you. I think it's probably – there's going to be a point where they're not satisfied with what they're getting out of Franks and they, they try KJ on an occasion or two. I think that's probably that, – and that's I, – I actually voted. I'm not going to lie when I posted that. Uh, I usually wait about 10, 15 minutes before I vote. Just – I don't know why. I just do. I just wait. I get the retweets out there and I see if it – you know, I'm trying to help the poll get some traction and then I'll vote. Uh, I did vote zero percent. I had I had zero percent confidence um, that there's just going to be one quarterback this year. Uh, that's and maybe that's just the last two years speaking to me. You know, just how many freaking quarterbacks they've played. Uh, moving on to Razorback football recruiting news. Hogs offered the number one player in the 2023 class. I don't know how you say his first name. Let Le- Le- Lebius. 
Lebes Overton, six foot four, two hundred forty five pound defensive end out of Georgia. He is currently the number one player in the twenty twenty three class. We know a lot can change between now and then. Obviously, Sam Pittman still dipping into Georgia, trying to get some uh, nab some some prospects out of that part of the country. Um, really, I think Kyle. I don't know what else we can add to this first segment of the of the Hog Talk Pod. Is there anything else before we before we move into the next segment? Is there anything else you want to add? Oh, uh, well, some, just a couple of a couple of other notes that I got. Um, apparently, Eric Thomas, who came in as a defensive end, that was something that I was I actually had not heard of until Sam had, had talked about it in a Zoom call. Oh. that uh, he came in as a pretty highly touted defensive end, but they've been working him at tight end because they've been trying to get some depth there. Um, so. That's some news there. And then, of course, uh, Julius Col- Coates is looking just like a freaking action figure and it seems like he's <laughs> going to make a lot of noise this year. I know that uh, that it was Jamario Bell last off last couple of fall camps that has been that action figure guy and we didn't really get a whole lot out of, but I think that Julius Coates is going to be a beast. And uh, Marcus Henderson, the freshman offensive lineman, has gotten a lot of praise from Pittman, of course, with Pittman coaching the offensive line right now with Brad Davis being out for at least another couple of days or a week uh, has really given a lot of praise. Says Marcus Henderson's about as far ahead as any freshman he's coached, uh, freshman offensive lineman that he's coached, and really good feet, very physical. So uh, could see him definitely in the two deep for the first couple of weeks. You brought, up the, starting you brought up the tight end depth. Uh, I was going to say, what the hell – what are they going to do there? There's rumors that Hudson Henry – uh, is injured. I don't know to what degree. I've I've not actually had anything followed up on that, but I I'd been told he's he was limited. And I think we actually mentioned it here last week. As a matter of fact, that he was limited or did not participate uh, during last week's first week of practice. And I haven't. I, I'm so behind with this homeschooling stuff. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I have not read any fall camp news outside of just you know kind of what Kyle mentioned there about uh, Julius Coates and. Uh, kind of watch the quarterbacks a little bit, but I ha- I'm so far behind. I don't know if uh, if Hudson Henry's been practicing this week or not, but they are so razor thin at tight end. And I brought this up in the Hawk Talk chat. I said, you know, I think this is an indication of of maybe the tight end's not going to have a big role in in Browse's system. I don't know. I watched their uh, the Florida Florida State game on YouTube the other day. Uh, I think it was Sunday, and I eventually posted it on Twitter the other day. But it was just uh, – oh, no, it wasn't that. Actually, I'm sorry. That was the Florida State-Boise uh, State game. I posted a little uh, – uh, uh, an offensive possession that Florida State had where they went down the field and, like, I don't know, it was really quick. Well, I say really quick, but it was – it was it wasn't that long. Like, they got down the field pretty quick on Boise State and scored, and it was just such a good drive, and I posted that on Twitter. But I was looking at his Florida-Florida State film. You can watch the whole game. It's completely uh, uncut. There are commercials there, but you can Google it and find it. Or ads, excuse me, not commercials. I was watching it, and it looked like tight ends were used like quite a bit. And so, I, I at least in terms of using them to motion, and, and they would lead block, and sometimes they would sneak out on, on little – what do you want to call them? Dink and dive plays where you're going, you know, you're nickel and diamond down the field. Like maybe a tight end would catch a ball every five or six yards. And I, I was kind of surprised that that's what we've heard that tight ends aren't heavily utilized in this system. And then I'm watching that that Florida Florida State game, and I'm like, but they're using a tight end quite a bit here. Like I, I so I'm I'm curious as to what 
capacity he uses tight ends this year so maybe we'll find out more hopefully we'll find out more on hudson henry and assuming i can go live for you guys friday night we can do a follow-up there um again i'm so far behind on razorback news due to homeschooling maybe he has been practicing and i just don't know enough about it but uh they're so razor thin at tight end kyle it's it's uh it's it's what a, what a turn of events. Arkansas for a while there was kind of considered tight end you, where you're putting out guys left and right to the pros out of the tight end position, and you were stacked at the position. And now they're down to what two scholarship players at tight end. I mean him and him and uh, Blake Kern. I think are the only two scholarship I think guys. Three Blake. So Colin Sutherland, Blake Kern, and and Henry. That's right, Sutherland. That's right. And they moved Blaine Toll back to defensive end. So. They're pretty thin there. We'll have to wait and see. And again, I'll try and get, do a follow up and find out what's going on with Hudson Henry, and I'll, and I'll uh, we'll talk about it on the Friday night live show, assuming I can have a Friday night live show. Okay. Well, uh, I thought we had a next segment coming up, but we do not. This will actually finish the episode. I want to say thank you guys for downloading and listening. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, but on behalf of everyone here at the Hog Talk Podcast, thanks for listening. Woo Pig Suey. We'll talk to you next week. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.